Welcome to the Arone Sports Podcast. Listen in as professional handicappers Frank and Rob break down this week's wagers on a game-by-game basis. It's immoral to let a sucker keep his money. Is there a lot of money to be made in that line of business? Nothing is impossible. You can shear a sheep many times, but skin him only once. Obsession is a young man's game. This is exactly my point. Take it easy, take it easy. Simple mind paper, not easy. What's all that about? You're my older brother, and I love you. But don't ever take sides with anyone against the family again. What I think I meant to say was just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. I'm here to give you a show what it's missing. You guys are crazy. You ready? Ready. Set? Set. One, two, three, go! Welcome back to the Around Sports Podcast. Wednesday, December 12th, 2018. Your host, Frank Arone, here as always. Week 14 of NFL is in the books. We're on the home stretch here. We got three weeks left. Pretty uh, pretty crazy how quick it goes, but uh, right now it's a lot of meaningless games and then a couple of pretty uh, vital games here heading towards the uh, home stretch here to figure out who gets in the, the playoffs and it'll be it should be a fun, fun playoff season this year, so I'm looking forward to it, but before we get there, we got a couple, few weeks left here, and Christmas and uh, the holiday season. So let's see. Uh, last day here in Minnesota for Rob before he heads back to Vegas for a little bit. So let's bring him in from uh, upstairs. How you doing there, Crabber? Yeah, not too bad. Yeah, like you said, I'll uh, head for Vegas tomorrow night and uh, get out there, get some work done, you know, do the the whole betting thing and everything else. So get out of the cold weather for a few days, I suppose. How long are you gonna be out there for? Uh, about a week, I think it is. All right. Yes, sir. Make her back in time for Christmas. There'll be a little snow on the ground for the uh, the holidays. Yeah, I didn't think about that. How quickly uh, the Christmas uh, time's going to roll up here. But yeah, going there and then coming back and Christmas. Uh, yeah, the next week. So pretty crazy. And I don't know if it's just a function of getting older or what, but it seems like the football season goes quicker every year, and it seems just like time in general seems to uh, go quicker. So. Guess you really got to, uh, you know, whatever. Appreciate the time you got and make the best of each and every slate, huh? Frank, the Frank Dine speech, or what? That's right, the old philosopher himself, for Aristotle. Oh boy! <laughs> All right, well, let's start off the pod like we do every week and do a little weekend recap. The weekend recap. All right, so how did Week 14 treat you? Hopefully, better than it did me. It uh, it did not. It was a <laughs> absolute mitigated disaster. That's for sure. Uh, pretty rough all around. Uh, I don't know. It uh, yeah. It's been, I think both of us. Yeah, it's been a little rough. But the last few weeks. But yeah, I don't know. Not sure what my record was. Definitely losing record on the on the on the weekend. Uh, I don't know. I had a few good plays, a little a few unlucky plays, and then a few just the bad plays. So uh, what are you gonna do? Just kind of got to get back to the drawing board and keep you know going away. Uh, going away at it, but yeah, chipping away. It's just uh, been a little bit of a tough season. I was positive all season for the most part. Now uh, after last week, I'm now in the in the negative again. So not not good. And picks of the weeks have been just horrendous. I did get a winner this week, but the, or last week I should say. But yeah, all, all in all, not uh, not very good. And um, uh, just a lot of a uh, several unlucky plays and wrong sides, and uh, but also some some bad plays too that I shouldn't have been on. So yeah, just a little bit of both worlds, and uh, hopefully I'll start turning uh, turn my way here. It's last stretch of the season in the playoffs. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, usually, like even if you go through a couple week bad stretch in the past, it seems like I've pretty much always been able to right the ship and at least get her straightened away to a 
fairly decent bounce back, but this year it's just just haven't really got any traction basically ever. It's just been kind of a strange year. Uh, you know, I ended up getting Oakland home pretty easily against Pittsburgh. Other than that, everything else was just a mess. That Kansas City is my play of the week was looking good early, then it kind of wasn't looking good, then there was some life and just didn't get there. And then Carolina, it's kind of a back and forth game that just didn't get there. And uh, Cam, I don't know if he's injured or what, but that was uh, their opportunity to take it and they just refused to do it. And uh, Tampa, <laughs> in, in typical fashion, I guess, was just covering the entire game. They were winning outright in the third quarter. And next thing you know, they can't cover the nine and a half. It was just one of those things, if I'm ever on the favorite there, I just can't even hardly remember a time where I came back and scored whatever it was, 21 points in the last quarter and a half to end up covering the nine and a half, even when they're not motivated to. So that was a little frustrating. And then Sunday night game, been betting against the Bears. And that's been kind of coming back to bite me too. I, just, I don't know. The Rams just looked out of sync and I just kind of, I guess, went off the wrong indicators there and, and summed it up as just a pretty poor overall week. So <laughs> yeah, not much you can do other than hopefully this week's a little bit better. Yeah. You know, the one thing, you know, the average better uh, talk about an amateur that they type of do, if they're losing on a losing streak, they change up their whole strategy. It's like, well, yeah, I don't know me betting the NFL. I'm still uh, just my own, my own betting, from my own betting perspective. See my page, uh, since 2015 i'm definitely still heavily profitable making money so it's one of those deals uh you're gonna have some losing months and you're gonna have some losing stretches but uh, in the long run it should work out as long as you're uh putting in the homework and doing your work but yeah it's uh, a little frustrating stretch but i feel like it's got to turn around it's just bound to yeah i sure think so it's, it, it has seemed like the uh this year almost more than any has been just kind of strange i don't know just across the board i uh, maybe you say that every year and it's just a the, you know, this mental thing, but it does seem like there's, I don't know, the dead teams have randomly showed up sometimes, and like, I don't know, it just doesn't seem like a whole lot of stuff makes sense. But that's kind of the nature of the NFL in a way, so just gotta try to figure out what what does make sense, and we'll we'll do that here uh, hopefully going forward. So uh, I think there was only one instance where the number came into play, but you want to go ahead and get into that here with the getting the best of the number, getting the best of the number. Yep, like you said, we got uh, one game here. Uh, we found out there uh, came in the best of the number, and that was Baltimore Kansas City. Total uh, is the one on this one. Total open forty fifty three and a half, not quite forty. Open fifty three and a half and closed forty nine, and that one landed twenty seven twenty four uh, fifty one right in the dot. So yeah, right in the middle of that one, a pretty good example of best of the number. So bet it early on the under, or bet it late on the over. Uh, win either way. So, like the segment uh, illustrates, uh, get get the number at the best. So um, I know that's the the hard part. It's a little bit easier said than done, but at the same time, uh, that's uh, what that's what the case is here. Yeah, it's interesting with that game. I know there's sharp play on the under that drove that number down, and on the Baltimore. I'm guessing with the logic that Baltimore's gonna be running the ball constantly and taking the fear out of the ball and just running the clock down constantly, and that's exactly what happened. And even that said, it, the game played out basically their ideal way, and Kansas City still could have, you know, potentially covered there late. So, uh, the, and the total, you know, ended up getting there for the people that bet right away. But it's amazing how the game script played out exactly how they intended, and it still was fairly fortunate to get there on both accounts. It's kind of an interesting deal, and that's that's kind of the way the sharp, uh, you know, the sharp sides seem like they should come through, but it hasn't necessarily done that. Uh, overall as as a whole in a lot of cases this year 
But anyway, let's uh, jump right into the Week 15 slate and and uh, get to her here. Uh, so for a change, we actually have a really good Thursday night game. Seems like there's just been a ton of duds and unattractive matchups, but we got a rematch here of an AFC West battle. Could potentially either even up or seal the uh, number one overall seed here, depending on who gets this one. But it looks like the Chargers are heading to Kansas City with a uh, Chiefs laying three and a half here at home, with a total of fifty-three and a half. Uh, yeah, my power in here on this game. Uh, it's Kansas City minus four. Westgate uh, Superbook there in Las Vegas, which we'll use as an opener. Uh, it's a pretty good indicator here in uh, the states as a book, and also a uh, sharper book in Vegas. So that's uh, what we use is Westgate uh, for the opener. And that uh, opener here for this game was three and a half. Look headline, which is a bettable line from the week before. Before last game is played, the Kansas City minus four on the look ahead. And the total at the Westgate opened 53. Um, this game here, I really don't have much of an opinion. I don't know. I think it's. I think everything's kind of right where it should be. Myself, I uh, uh, kind of wanted to come in bet on the Kansas City side because usually those Thursday home uh, home teams is have been just extremely profitable this season. So that's kind of the trend. But uh, you know, it makes makes sense to an extent. But I think it's a trend that's kind of well known now. So I don't think you're gonna make money just blindly backing that at this point in the season. Uh, but at the same time, I think it's still pretty strong. Where I don't think, uh, to me, it's you know maybe a lean towards the home dog, or not sorry, not the home dog, but the home team. Uh, uh, just just from that one aspect, but I definitely can't make a full bet just because of that. And uh, you know, this game here too, uh, Kansas City uh, has to get back up a uh, short week. Obviously, the Chargers well uh, as well in a short week, but. I feel like it's going to favor a little bit to the Chargers here on the shorter week. Uh, I feel like the, the Chargers are going to be have a little bit of benefit, and the Kansas City is going to be having a little bit tougher to turn around. So I uh, favor the Chargers a little bit in the spot uh, for that perspective. But, yeah, I don't know, like I said, I don't really have a whole lot of opinion on this game. Uh, it's kind of leaning towards the Chiefs, but I just know that extra hook, I just can't get there. Uh, I feel like it's, uh, it's tough, to, tough to lay the extra hook against the Chargers team that can put up points and budges and a uh, pretty good defense and a pretty good team overall. So, yeah, it's been an interesting one, like you said, but uh, from a betting perspective, I don't have much opinion. Yeah, kind of like you alluded to, but never really fully delved into exactly why. I do think um, the spot taking out this, out the uh, the fact that it's a Thursday night game, the spot favors the Chargers pretty heavily. The fact that uh, Kansas City played overtime where they went the full distance basically against Baltimore, and Baltimore such a physical team, that had to have taken a toll on, on Kansas City and wore them down, I think, pretty good. And then you look at um, Tyreek Hill, I know he's hobbling, it looks like he's going to give it a go, but he's pretty important, and you know maybe if he just twists that again, he might be out. And then obviously Kareem Hunt's gone, and then the backup where he banged up his shoulder, and he came back in the game, but... Is kind of looking like he might be doubtful for this game, so there's a chance that Kansas City might be without a couple of down to a third string running back and without one of their top playmakers, and overall just might be a little bit worn down here and on a short turnaround to after the Ravens game to come back and play the Chargers, who are going to be looking for revenge after their loss in Week One or Week Two, whatever that was, early in the season. But that being said, I kind of I wanted to go on the Chargers for that for those reasons, and I think they're absolutely a capable team of matching blows in terms of scores with uh, Kansas City. But like you said earlier, the home team on Thursday night's just been a freight train that you don't really want to get in front of. So uh, as much as I'd like to go on the Chargers, I just don't really necessarily want to step in front of that Thursday night home team trend because it, logically it makes a lot of sense that on a short week traveling like that 
is going to be pretty difficult to overcome when you're already kind of beat up from only playing a couple days before, and then you got to kind of accelerate your whole timeline for your week and and uh, end up playing four days later. I could see where that would be a pretty tough spot and, and difficult for road teams to have full energy back. So I want to get to the Chargers, but I don't think I'm going to because of the spot. So likely a pass for me, but yeah, definitely excited to watch this one. Um, on oh yeah, we got a couple Saturday games this week, don't we? I forgot about that. The first one, that's right. Yeah, is <laughs> and yeah, you better hold your hats here because I got a couple bomb matchups here. We got uh, Houston heading to the Jets. Looks like Houston's a six-point favorite on the road here. The total of forty-one and a half. Yeah, my power rating here is Houston uh, four and a half. Westgate open Houston six and a half. Look at line Houston minus seven. Total in this game open forty-one and a half. Yeah, um, I, I think I think you got to look to the Jets here. Pass. I don't really love it, uh, but I feel like there's a little bit of value on the Jets here. But uh, this Houston team, I think, it's hard for me to to get a hold of, of a grasp of where they're at here. Bet against them last week, uh, pretty heavily. Uh, again, with with Indy against Houston, they won outright there. Indy, that is in in Houston in that divisional game, and you know looked pretty. You know, had that game in hand pretty much the whole whole. Pretty much the whole time, I felt like I, I was really never nervous about that game, although kind of came down to the end to an extent. But, yeah, Indy kind of had control of that game. And um, with that being said, here at the Jets, I, I don't know, they came off a big win here, a uh, big win last week. But it just, I don't know, again, I think uh, it's kind of tough. Yeah, they had a big win, and they're just kind of a losing team that's not going anywhere. So the motivation, I think, is going to be a little bit, uh, you know, I, I kind of question their motivation coming into this game. Not necessarily, not necessarily motivation, but, you know, just a little bit too high on their horse. So, yeah, but the one good, one good thing is with that is they're on the road. Now they're coming home and trying to work off a, a big win. So, don't necessarily hate the spot for the Jets, but I don't think it necessarily favors them, especially after after Houston coming off a loss, uh, after getting uh, such a big win streak there. I think they're kind of coming down the earth. So, I don't know. Uh, long story short, I don't know. It feels like uh, maybe maybe a tad bit of value on the Jets still at six, six and a half, but uh, you know, I don't think it's a bet for me unless it gets a seven. I just don't. Uh, I don't trust this team enough. See, I don't think I'm going to bet it, but I, I actually kind of like Houston in this game. I think it's a great spot for them. They're they're coming off a loss. The Jets coming off a win. There's that's a spot or a situation I want absolutely no part of. This Jets team. I don't think they've hardly thrown together good games all year. Uh, I guess maybe once with when uh, they beat the Broncos and the Colts in back to back weeks at home. But other than that, the that just doesn't sound like a, a great spot. And then you got Houston, who's tied with the Patriots now after that crazy loss they had last week, 9-4 for the first-round bye. So I think they're going to be supremely motivated to take care of business against an inferior opponent here in a somewhat you know isolated primetime game and try to vie with the Patriots for that first-round bye. So I think uh, I'm not a huge fan of this Houston team. I really haven't been all year. I think they're huge win streak of that eight or nine game win streak whatever it was is pretty fraudulent i think they won a lot of coin flip games and a couple games they didn't totally deserve but that being said i think they're significantly better than the jets and i think from motivation standpoint even if they're both equally motivated i think yeah you're maybe getting a point or two of value on the jets but i just feel like there's much more likely that you're going to see a very motivated houston team and a uh, somewhat if not motivated jets team so I uh, I definitely won't be opposed to, even though it's a little scary. I won't be opposed to to teasing Houston down to a pick or 
put them in money line parlays, but I think I feel fairly confident just betting them straight up, to be honest. I uh, kind of like it. So that's the way I would look, even though I haven't really been on Houston much all year. Uh, I think this is a decent spot to jump on them as they try to get that uh, first round by. Next game on the Saturday slate is Cleveland heading to Denver. Looks like Denver's a three-point home favorite, a total of 45 and a half. Um, yeah, my power rating here, Denver minus four, Westgate open, Denver four, look at line, Denver minus six, total here open, 44 and a half. Uh, yeah, that Denver team, I mean, had a pretty good chance there to, I guess, to well, a low, you know, low opponent, uh, power rating wise on, on the, on the spectrum here in the NFL against San Francisco and just came up with a dud there at home. Uh, it just, uh, or I'm not sorry, on the road and, um, it, yeah, I don't know. Not necessarily shocking. I had a little bit of uh, San Francisco money in my pocket, but uh, I'm I'm kind of surprised they won outright. To be honest, I didn't think that they had that in them. I didn't think the Broncos uh, could blow it like that, and so especially especially such a big game for them uh, in the playoff race. So that was a big uh, big hit to their sale, I think. So with that being said, I feel like I mean I don't know. You can make the case that they can make a late run for the playoffs, but it seems like last week is you know that's kind of almost the the deadening blow for for Denver. I mean they can make a like I said, make a run, but it's uh, you know this is a must game, must need for them this week for sure. They need to win this one, but I don't know. I feel like they might. Uh, I won't be surprised if they not nail it in, but I think just Cleveland. I, I like what I've seen their effort from them. They're trying to prove that you know they they can move it into next season and keep it going and want to finish the season strong. So uh, number already got bet here a little bit. Uh, Cleveland took some money actually already on Cleveland myself, uh, but. Uh, where the number sits now, I don't know. It seems like all the value is probably gone when you when you get down to three, but uh, laying flat three. So, um, uh, but at the same time, I, I just I, this Denver team. Uh, you know, you get the about three. So you're saying these teams are equal on a neutral. Um, it seems like it seems a little out of whack. I, I think you've got to give Denver the nod slightly, but at the same time, uh, like I said, I don't know the motivation of these two teams. Uh, I'm not really sure. It feels like De- like I said, Denver might have a little deadening blow from last week. I feel like that's got to be a little deflating as a player. So. I'll be interested to see what their motivation is. But like I said, I got a small bet here on Cleveland. See, I think, I mean, if you look at Denver, they're 6-7, and seven, and Baltimore right now is a 60-7-6. So I think Baltimore, I mean, I think Denver will be fully invested. They're only a game back. And I could see where they'd be a little bit dejected after that blown game last week. But I think you'll at least get one really good effort out of them here again. And if they blow this game, then I think you might get the old dream crusher coming next week. But I think... I actually think Cleveland, the way they've been playing over the last couple weeks, I think Cleveland might be a slightly better team. I, I uh, wouldn't, I won't argue with you at all. Or at least I think they're kind of equal. I guess you know, the, yeah, I do got to give the Denver defense credit. Um, I, I've been, it kind of, it's just the way my year has gone here. I've been trying to bet against the Broncos here for a while, and I really wanted to, but then I didn't quite talk myself into taking the Niners last week because I just wasn't sure if they had any punch left in them and. Of course, that was the week where Denver kind of came back to earth and was the team that I kind of expected them to be, and I didn't really profit off of it at all. So that was a little frustrating, but that's just kind of the way it's going for me here right now. Um, that, that being said, even though I think that Cleveland might be a slightly better team, I do agree. I think the value is kind of gone. If you miss a three and a half, it's like, well, I think it's probably right about where it should be because Denver still has something to play for. and. Technically, uh, I made this case on Twitter, not made the case, but I uh, made this statement on Twitter that Cleveland's actually still alive for the AFC North if everything <laughs> broke right for them. And it's not 
not likely, but it's not the most uh, you know unlikely thing in the world either. It's not infeasible. Uh, they would have to obviously sweep the board with their last three, and then they would need Baltimore to go one and one in their next two uh, against who was it? There's a couple of oh against Tampa and the charge at the Chargers. So that's pretty likely. You know, decently likely they go one and one there. Uh, then the only tricky part though the Steelers would need to lose out and that's not overly likely because they they play the, the Pats at home and then at the Saints which are both pretty losable but then at the, the Bengals at home week 17 would it potentially be to to win that division if everything else fell in line there so kind of an interesting scenario but uh, so I don't think either of these teams necessarily think they're totally out of it so I think we'll probably get a pretty good effort from both of them um yeah, no, no real opinion here, I guess. Yeah, I like that three and a half you got, but uh, I don't think I'd really get involved here at uh, the three. Now on to the Sunday games. The first game we have is Miami heading to Minnesota. Looks like Minnesota is a seven-point home favorite, the total of 44, 44 and a half. Yeah, my power in here, Minnesota eight and a half. Westgate open, Minnesota eight. Look at line, Minnesota eight and a half. Total here open, 44. And yeah, obviously big news, Minnesota after uh, that Monday night game. Against Seattle a couple nights ago, uh, looked pretty horrendous on offense. So they're firing their offensive coordinator, John D. DeFlippo. I don't think we ever talked. We haven't talked about it yet since that happened. But uh, I'm kind of surprised by that move. I don't know about. I guess you probably touched on it uh, with uh, on your part. But I'm kind of surprised that they made the move. I'm kind of not excited, but I think I'm definitely in favor of that. I just, I mean, I don't really know what to. A lot of people are blaming Cousins. I mean, he was he wasn't good. He wasn't looking good, but. At the same time, I don't know how you really blame Cousins if you, if you actually watch the game and have a halfway sophisticated uh, football mind. I just don't know that he missed some throws, blah blah blah. But you can definitely see he's just not comfortable. The the, the game planning wasn't very good. It just it just I don't know. It's almost like you're you know playing like a video game and it's like the computer's programmed into there. It's just really not too uh, you know thinking outside the box or playing to the defense necessarily. It's more so just scripted. It seems like and trying to make a play that looks good in your in your sleep type of thing. So. Anyway, we'll see what happens. I feel like you definitely got to give the Minnesota team a boost off of, the, off of that firing. Um, I think that's well-deserved. I mean, the defense is playing pretty solid, even with all the injuries like we talked about during the game, all the cluster injuries, all the cluster injuries plus you know, the secondary. Just, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Uh, the, some of those names we're watching, we're watching this Minnesota team. So, And obviously Miami in a, in a pretty bad spot after that big win, to, not, not saving their season, but definitely a, a huge win that helps propel them to uh, a better, much better chance to get into the playoffs in the postseason. So, especially you know, let alone beating their arch rival and the, the division rival in uh, New England. So I feel like that was pretty phony. Uh, I was on Miami as a best bet and uh, as my pick of the week and also had some money on myself, obviously. So glad they came through, but uh, I think they definitely should have covered, but I don't think they should have won the game. Uh, you know, obviously that thing, it was pretty fluky at the end, but I, I still don't trust this Miami team. I guess what my point is, it's uh, it seems like this is a Minnesota spot. It's just, uh, boy, it's just tough to lay seven here. But um, it's already came down a little bit, and uh, under seven, I'm, I'm going to be in Minnesota. But I'm de- I just can't lay a field. Uh, sorry, not a field goal. I can't lay a full touchdown, Minnesota. But uh, even then, I might. Uh, this would be a perfect uh, teaser opportunity for me. I think this is a game I really like to tease uh, quite a bit. One of the probably one of the games I like to tease most, uh, almost all year. This would be one of the highest ones that I rate for a teaser uh, type of game. I just feel like Minnesota's got to win this game. They need it. Uh, that that offense should should click a little bit better, and then you're coming home. Uh, you know, spot definitely favors Minnesota here a great deal. So it'll be a tough spot here for Tannehill and the rest of Miami team. I think it, I think it has a little bit of a Minnesota blowout written all over it just to put the homer aside. But uh, yeah, Minnesota and uh, total no opinion. Yeah, that 
I mean, Miami, there was multiple times when we looked over and, you know, Frank Gore was busting open for a 30 yard run or Drake was getting loose and, or the kick returner was getting, you know, breaking loose. And it's just, uh, I think Miami, I don't know, I think Simmons tweeted it, but he's like this Miami performance where they're just running all over the pats just kind of emphasized more how ridiculously bad the game plan was for the Vikes the week before against the Pats, how they just refused to run the ball and just kept throwing those little like check down three yard passes and, and get, we're getting blitzed all day and they just did nothing to try to beat it. And uh, I don't, I think that's, you know, give Miami credit. They ended up winning the game there in kind of fluky fashion. And I agree. They definitely should have covered, but I also don't think they're going to have that kind of success, especially on the road at Minnesota and it'll be interesting to see how they respond after, uh, you know, firing the offensive coordinator. By all accounts, he wasn't, like, despised by the locker room by any means. But there was definitely some weird uh, chemistry there between him and Zimmer. And I think it'll it'll be interesting to see how uh, Stefanski, the new OC, kind of game plans a little bit more around the horrendous offensive line that Minnesota has because <laughs> that was one thing that Shermer did really well last year even with Keenum is they did a lot of bootlegs and rollouts and kind of trying to move the pocket to give the receivers more time to complete their routes before they, he could unload the ball and kind of make it artificially as bad as the line was make make it artificially a little bit more time for for case to throw it whereas this year kind of like you said it's Filippo kind of scripting stuff in his head and stuff they had from Philly and kind of whatever stuff that you'd see in like a video game or work out in theory. But all that stuff with like longer complex routes and whatnot, that works maybe if you have a really good offensive line, but, and, or, and, or a mobile evasive quarterback that can get away from pressure. But in this case, Kirk Cousins, he's, I think he's got a pretty good arm and I think he's a pretty good overall quarterback, but he's definitely not the most elusive mobile quarterback in the world. And then their line's just horrendous. There's multiple times where Remmers are just getting trucked and Compton's beyond awful. So in order to compensate for that, you got to run a lot of goofy plays and misdirections and, and, you know, move the pocket a little bit. And DeFilippo just refused to do that basically week in and week out. So I'm really curious to see here how uh, Stefanski uh, scripts his game plans and the types of plays he runs. And I'm, I think it's kind of yet to be seen, obviously, exactly how good he'll do. But I think this is a great spot for the Vikings and a pretty bad spot for Miami. So all in all, I agree with you. I think this is a great spot to tease the Vikes down. Uh, I lean to them at the seven, but won't get too crazy just because who knows? You know, you're not sure exactly if that offense is going to spark or not. But I think their defense will come prime right to play and they'll be able to shut down Tannehill and that kind of gimmicky Miami offense for the most part. And it's just a matter of if they win by a little or a lot, in my opinion. So love this and money line parlays and teasers and would definitely lean that way to the seven as well. Yeah, hopefully uh, yeah, the replacement, the offense coordinator can pull a Freddie Kitchens type of effort uh, like they did in Cleveland. <laughs> yeah, no, I've, I've saw some threads on Twitter with him, with his like game scripting and, and his play uh, development where it kind of brings a little bit of Baker's plays from Oklahoma and they kind of run like modified versions of that. And it's super impressive what they did with him compared to what they were doing earlier in the year with Hugh Jackson. And if it's anything like that, um, I think I'd be extremely encouraged. And I know they mentioned on PA show 
Uh, Matt Burke was in for him yesterday, and he mentioned that when he won the Super Bowl with the Ravens in 2012 against the Niners there, he said they fired their offensive coordinator like week, I don't know what it was, eight or something like that, or week, uh, some sometime like mid to late season. And, uh, and then he said the new OC came in and they, you know, they kind of started rolling. So you know, one of those things where you got to kind of cautiously optimistic and hopefully they can at least figure something out because I think the defense for the most part has been playing pretty solid. So if the offense can figure it out, um, you know, and the NFC is wide open this year. You got the Saints and the Rams up top that are both good teams, but I don't think anybody would say they're unbeatable. And going into Chicago, even in round one, as a sixth seed, I mean, that's not just going up against Mr. Bisky in the playoffs isn't the scariest thing in the world. So it's there for the taking if they can get it figured out. Um, I think it's, I agree with you. I didn't think they were going to necessarily make the move in season, but uh, kind of glad they did. Because even, even if it did work out, Filippo is more of just a, you know, a hired gun, just a mercenary that's going to come in here. And I think Lombardi mentioned it a few times that his, basically his whole thing was a PR campaign to become a head coach. And he wanted to run these complex, extravagant plays to take a bunch of credit if it did work. And he knew if he was successful, he wasn't going to be here for long. So uh, in a weird way, I'm kind of glad Stefanski got there one way or another because, you know, he wanted to go to the Giants. And Shermer was going to bring him with because he liked him so much and put him as the OC of the Giants. But uh, the, the Zimmer blocked it and said, you know, I've been loyal to you and kept you on board here even when our offenses were terrible under Ponder and whatnot. So, um you know, you got to be loyal to me and stay stay the course here. And I wonder, it'll be interesting to see if he's glad he did or if he would have preferred to have gone to the Giants. But anyway, we're getting away from it a little bit. Let's uh, go on to the next game. We got Oakland heading to Cincinnati. Looks like Cincinnati here is a uh, three-point home favorite with juice towards Oakland and a total of 46. Yeah, my power rating here is Cincy minus three. Westgate open Cincy three and a half. Look at line Cincy minus four and a half and the total here open 45 and a half. Um, yeah, I mean, another tough game for me here. It's just, uh, you know, a little bit of an adjustment here. Uh, after the, the way Oakland, they, they kept that going close and obviously since he looking de- pretty decent too. So, I mean, the both two bottom feeders of the teams, uh, both, uh, you know, putting up pretty decent efforts against their, the teams last week and, uh, you know, pretty high caliber classes, obviously, obviously uh, the Oakland running out right there at home against Pittsburgh. I'm just still kind of surprised. I mean, we say it every every year, every week. Uh, Pittsburgh has a game like that where they go and play a bottom feeder, and they're laying a ton of points. And it seems and, to be Oakland a bunch too. Like I saw their record, and I think Big Ben was like four and seven in Oakland or something like that. Oh, really? Yeah, that's, that's yeah. It was, that's, maybe not that many games. It was something really bad. That's surprising. Yeah, but it's kind of funny how we kind of joke about Pittsburgh. All right, well, especially last week with the spot after they lost that heartbreaker kind of the week before it's like okay now they're for sure going to be gung, you know focused all this stuff and it's just like yeah I don't, I don't know it's for whatever reason it's tomlin or roethlisberger they played at their level of competition now granted roethlisberger was out there for most of that second half or parts of that second half and then came back in the end that was kind of a almost like a a wwe type of thing or something like that he, he comes out then he you know comes back in the last minute to try to save the game or something it's pretty funny but um Anyway, so yeah, with this game here, I feel like two teams kind of in the similar directions where they they have been good in the past, or you know, Oakland and Cincinnati, that is, they've been good in the past, and they have, uh, at least Oakland had a capable quarterback in the past, and these teams seem like they are capable at times, but at the same time, it's what are you going to get every week, week in and week out, so 
Uh, to me, it seems like uh, I, I don't know. Yeah, since this might have been a, I mean, this could have been a playoff matchup two years ago, and no one would have batted an eye. Yeah, exactly. So, so yeah, it's funny how yeah you go from the t- the top to the bottom, and exactly. So, uh, like I said, uh, who knows where the the motivation is? That's uh, they're going to be the variable here. I think uh, as as you look at the talented for the talent for the team, I think uh, I think they're pretty similar. I think since he was better at the start of the year, but now they're banged up, losing some of those key players, obviously. So. Uh, that doesn't help us now. <laughs> that's, that's for sure. When uh, judging off of the start of the year for how the talent was, but I don't. I feel like Cincy, if anything, uh, at home here, especially just the spot wise, uh, Oakland having to travel, travel east on an early game, uh, early spot game. I feel like uh, this you know, spot favors Cincy here just a tad. So I think if anywhere I'd look Cincy under three. If if you had to go anywhere, otherwise I'd pass. Yeah, I mean, Cincy is officially eliminated from the playoffs, so this is. Uh keep Marvin Lewis's oh, yeah. job territory. I, I, yeah, I forgot about that point. That's a good point. <laughs> you know, they're going to have to run the table or go 2-1 and one to at least show some signs. So old Paul Paul Brown will bring, bring Marvin Lewis back for another go-around here because, you know, maybe we'll get it figured out next year. <laughs> um, I don't I, I don't feel it like strongly because, like you said, in these type of games, there's the motivation is totally the question mark. And if you can figure that out, I think if you bet that team that's more motivated, you'll – you'll be pretty profitable in the long run. It's just kind of hard to figure out exactly which team that is, if either. Uh, but as far as spots go, this kind of uh, alludes back to my Houston Jets spot where I was talking about, do you really want the Jets off a win? It's like, well, do you really want Oakland off a huge upset win at home and everyone's feeling great and now they go on the road and travel across the country to a pretty un, unattractive competitor in Cincinnati that they don't really have anything to, either of them have anything to play for? as where Cincinnati went and played a good game, but still didn't get the win. So I think that they kind of showed signs of life without actually getting rewarded for it. Whereas I think Oakland kind of might've, that might've been their, you know, late year Super Bowl this year where they felt great about getting that win. And it's kind of, I'm kind of shocked that the money has came in on Oakland. Cause it seems like they were kind of flying under the radar a little bit themselves playing pretty respectable ball against uh, Baltimore a couple weeks ago, even though they didn't cover and uh, against Kansas city the week after that. And then, but then last week was kind of what the the big buildup was there, and they ended up getting over the top and beating a pretty respectable team in Pittsburgh. So, I wouldn't be surprised at all if there's a little bit of uh, they were a little lethargic coming out here after that win. And you know, since he finally showed with Driscoll, they actually you know a, a NFL caliber team. So I kind of surprised the money's. I could I I could see Cincy being three here with some juice, and it'd be hard to argue with that. But the fact that the money's coming in Oakland. I don't totally get that. So uh, if it gets below three, I definitely like Cincy. And even at three, even money, uh, I think that's probably the way I look. And it's probably worthy of a small bet. Next game we have, you got Tampa versus Baltimore. It's like total here is, uh, I mean, <laughs> Baltimore's a seven and a half, eight point home favorite, the total of 47. Oh, man, my power rating here, Baltimore minus eight and a half. Westgate open, Baltimore seven and a half. Look headline Baltimore seven total here open forty six. Um, I don't know. I just, I don't really want to bet either of these teams to be honest right now. I kind of said that uh, over the last handful of weeks. It's kind of hard to pick these teams, but I just feel like that. I don't know. I just don't really like where the locker room is at with Tampa Bay. I think that loss last week, like you mentioned earlier in the pod, you're on Tampa Bay against the Saints last week and. They look like they had total control of that game. Looked like they went outright, and then all of a sudden you blink and they couldn't even cover a. Whatever the yeah the point spread that high point spread there so it's that's not really a spot I, I like Tampa now that they you know the, just the way everything played out 
you have a divisional game at home, uh, you're looking pretty good the first half, and then all of a sudden it just everything falls apart when you have nothing to play for. Uh, now you have to go back on the road to a, a you know, I guess at this point you got to call them a, a, you know, a title contender, I guess. They can make a run in Baltimore. I, I don't buy it at all, but I guess uh, some might say that. So, yeah, someone that's going to make a late playoff run, they're trying to get in, you know, into form and trying to get their rookie quarterback, Lamar Jackson, get them all set and ready to go, uh, apparently for the playoffs, if they can make a you know, finish the season out good. So I just feel like these two teams are going in different directions here. And, uh, you know, sometimes you might want to buy off of a bad loss, something like that. You might want to buy them, uh, you know, like a Washington team maybe from last week. You could say, okay, they're bound to bounce back. But Tampa, I just don't really – like I said, the way it happened and the the way I saw and then everything I hear from the locker room and stuff, it's just uh, I don't know, a team I can't really buy on right now. They look on the other token of the coin. Uh, I know we've we both been down on them, but uh, bet against them last week. Uh, Lamar Jackson, this Baltimore team, just don't like it. I don't know. I just don't feel like he's accurate. He can make throws. Uh, I just feel like at some point it's going to run out, but I don't think this is the spot, and I, I can't really back him even. I just don't feel like you have any business laying more than a touchdown here at all. Uh, but uh, at the same time, like I said, it's just not a good spot for Tampa, and I just don't think I can pull the trigger on either of these two teams. Yeah, I think I think you made a case last week that it could be a potential blow-up spot for Jameis, and he's due for one because he hasn't had one for a while now where he throws three picks and just looks totally lost out there. And the frustrating part for a Tampa backer like myself last week was he didn't really have his blow-up game. They were ahead 14-3 to midway through the third quarter, and the next thing you know, it wasn't like he used. They had two blocked punts, which obviously swings the game quite a bit and makes that that final score pretty misleading. And I think that's a spot where no doubt they should have covered last week with the quality of the teams everybody played. It's like you get a team like New Orleans that obviously is getting valued pretty high based on their offense and Sean Payton and you know their gaudy record. It's just kind of almost like unfair when a team like that's also getting such huge breaks like two block punts in the game that goes their way and uh even with that all said they still only won by 14 points so pretty frustrating i felt like i was definitely on the right side there with tampa and they could have very easily won that game outright if there wasn't uh, a lot of flukiness there but that being said that just kind of the kind of the way they lost it i could see that'd be pretty deflating and i mean technically the tampa's they're five and eight they're not totally out of the playoff race but i think I think that last week might have been a little bit of the crusher for him. So it'll be interesting to see how they come out this week. And then I think this might be the old Jameis blows up and implodes on the road type game against a really good Baltimore defense. And especially if they happen to get down early, I could definitely see him kind of pressing it and throwing the ball all over and uh, throwing it into the wrong color jersey a few times. So I kind of I want to keep in against Baltimore because even though I lost last week, I I think the game went about as good as it possibly could, and they still only covered by three and a half. So uh, it's just I haven't been impressed at all with Lamar Jackson. I think their offense is pretty gimmicky, and there's I just I feel like it's no way it's going to continue to work here. But I just don't like Tampa enough, and worry a lot about Jameis going up against the defense on the road enough to the point where I don't think I'm uh, going to get involved. Next game is a pretty good one here. We got Dallas heading to Indianapolis. It's like Indy's a three-point home favorite with juice towards Dallas and a total of 47. Yeah, my power rating here, Indy minus three, Westgate open, Indy three. Look headline was a pick em. The total here opened to 47. Um, so that's the first thing I look at when I'm doing my numbers here was that, that look headline. Um, I don't know. It's almost like it's, not even, it's, like it's almost like an error or something is what it seems like because I don't know how that could have been a pick em. I mean, even last week, I mean – 
I don't know. I, I just that doesn't make sense to me. And uh, so that's the thing is I use like I said use the Westgate look at line as an indicator to see how much something's moved from one week to the next. And I feel like that was just a bad line. Either it's uh, either I got the wrong line, which I according to you know my numbers here, that's what it is. And then uh, or it's just they put up a bad line. I feel like that's the case. I just feel like it was a bad line they put up because I, I, last I, last week, even you take you know take out the last two weeks, I would have definitely liked Indy to pick them. No brainer, I think at home there, uh, at home here, I should say against Dallas. So a little suspect there. So that's why I'm not gonna judge it a whole lot. Uh, normally, I wouldn't want to back a team when they're getting a big adjustment one way because usually you know you're buying that means you're buying high type of deal. But I feel like I said I feel like that was just a bad number, and sometimes you gotta just uh, filter those results. So. That being said, I like uh, I like Indy quite a bit here. I feel like they're the right side. It's basically a you know pick 'em range on a neutral field. I feel like Indy, uh, you know, they're fairly compa- compatible teams or fairly comparable. But uh, I don't know. I just don't really like this Dallas team that much, all that much. And then especially you take the yeah, you know, I get the Dallas defense is pretty good, but I feel like Luck's gonna be able to put some points. And I just don't know if I really trust this Dallas offense to be able to keep up. I don't think it'll necessarily be a blowout by any means, but I feel like da- uh, Indy's gonna be able to win this game pretty comfortably and. I like it at three, and if you can get a less than three, which looks like it's kind of uh, you know heading that way a little bit, uh, at, at least at some places you can get two and a half with a little bit of extra juice. I, I like the indie side here a decent amount. Yeah, I I totally agree. I think Dallas is their their uh, the value or what uh, how people value them just by their primetime win against the Saints, and then a uh, pretty marquee game last week in the afternoon slate against the Eagles where they won in overtime and everyone's getting all excited about them and Amari Cooper blows up. And I don't know how many takes I heard this week of all the people who are making fun of the Amari Cooper trade, you know, basically were wrong and it was a great trade and you do that 10 times out of 10 and it's like, okay, let's, you know, let's calm down a little bit. Like, <laughs> you know, if, if Dallas, they end, even if they win the division and they lose in the first round and then they either got to pay him a ton of money or he leaves and then they give up the whatever 22nd overall pick or whatever it would be like, there's no way that's worth it unless he continues to produce the level he's producing at this year, which is possible, but I would say fairly unlikely and whatever that pick would be in the draft on a rookie contract for four or five years versus the uh, Amari Cooper at probably top five wide receiver money. Like I, I still think I'd rather have the, the pick. So I say everybody should calm down a little bit on the uh, the Amari Cooper love, and uh, I just feel like the Dallas offense, I agree, is is just not that great of a unit. And even though they, what did they have going in? Was it six three or nine three or something going there into that fourth quarter last week against Philly? And the offense had done nothing all day. Prescott looked lost, and then they had a both teams just had an explosion there late that ended up somehow sneaking over the total and ended up 26-20 or whatever the final score ended up being. So Well, not only that, you look at this Dallas offense against the, just a horrendously banged-up Eagles secondary. So it's like oh, yeah. the fact that they couldn't have any success until late in the game. And, yeah, they scored 29 points if you look at the scoreboard. But look at it uh, yeah, at the fourth quarter. What was it? Yes, 9-9, uh, nine nine, yeah, I think, or nine, something. 9-6 going into the fourth. Okay, yeah, something like something ridiculously low. So, yeah, if you, you know, if you're going to score against that Philly secondary, the Philly defense in general, the way they're banged up right now, yeah, that's, I think that's a red flag for a team. Yeah, and Prescott made a ton of bad plays, and and then even the Cooper plays that they ended up scoring on, like the the long overtime was should have been intercepted and went right off the defender's hands and bounced up and he got it. Another one was just kind of blowing coverage down the sideline, which you know give him credit for it. He's a speedy receiver and he'll do that from time to time. But yeah, against the Eagles secondary, who are playing fifth and sixth stringers as starting cornerbacks, 
really not that impressive. So I think the Dallas defense is legit, but I think if you look where they were undervalued as a team three, four weeks ago, I think now it's kind of gone too far and they're just getting too much love here. And it's kind of funny because this indie team's a team that people have been in love with here for a while too. But then that last couple weeks ago against Jacksonville where they scored zero, just kind of made everybody kind of take a step back and not really be on their bandwagon. It would have been, if they would have rolled that game, I think they would have been one of the most popular, you know, back teams in the league. But it's kind of funny how that one result was just an off week where nothing really went their way, kind of got people off the bandwagon. And uh, even though we win last week against Houston, people weren't really talking about it. Like it was that big a deal or that impressive. So uh, I, th- I think Indy's probably as good a team, if not better. And I think the spot's pretty good for them. They're fighting for a wild card spot and they know they got to basically not necessarily run the table, but they have to come out with a great effort every single week. Whereas Dallas, yeah, they want to win and try to move up in seeding, but I think they, and even win the division, but they're, they, they're two games up in the division with tiebreakers and uh, they're, but they're still three games back of getting a bye. So I think they, they're not going to have quite as much urgency as Indy here to win. So I, I like Indy here uh, for a multitude of factors uh, quite a bit. Next game is Detroit and at Buffalo. It's like Buffalo's two and a half point home favor, the total of 38 and a half, 39. Yeah, my power in here, Buffalo minus two. Westgate open a pick em. Look headline, pick em on the total here, open 39. Yeah, to be honest, I don't really know how you bet this game. I'll make this one short. I just don't have, yeah, I don't know, two teams that are not playoff teams. Uh, I, I guess kind of going in different directions. I, Detroit, they both, uh, I guess you could say Buffalo argue their performance last week. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I, I argue they could win, but again, it's just a you know, back and forth game. I think the stats again, like I think that's the same with the other game that they lost uh, against was Miami. Uh, that the you know, the stats just were in their favor, but again, they can't win. So I, I don't know. It's this Buffalo team. Uh, it, you know, I think they're improving, uh, but at the same time, I'm not ready to back them laying points. Uh, I think that kind of backfired last week for those uh, Buffalo backers. Took some took some money there. All throughout the week, really, with Buffalo, and it closed, uh, I think, whenever we were sitting, like I said, sitting three, three and a half, and then uh, when we were talking about it and early in the week, and then by the end of the game, they were, what, five, five and a half point favorites, so I think some of that Buffalo money might get hit on the wrist here, uh, but, you know, right out of the gate here, some more Buffalo money came in, so uh, I, I don't know, It's uh, I don't know what it would take for me to get on Detroit, but I just can't buy Buffalo lane points at all, I just don't trust them, so yeah, this one, uh, pretty easy pass for me. Yeah, I, I pretty much agree. I think even though Detroit won fairly comfortably last week at Arizona, they definitely weren't overly impressive in that game. So I won't give them a ton of credit. I think they've they've kind of been a dead team here for a while. Even though uh, they've been in some decent spots, I've kind of, I've tried to back them once or twice. And even though Leia last week I said 17-3, but I think that was a little misleading. They definitely weren't that impressive, and they had a pick six late. Stafford really didn't get right and pretty much got nothing accomplished. But then another token of the coin, you got Buffalo, who blew a game to the Jets, who I thought had quit weeks ago and weren't trying whatsoever. So, uh, you know, even though Buffalo's looked better at times, uh, uh, to ask them to not only win the game, but to win by, you know, whatever field goal or here, just laying any kind of points with a team that you don't trust. Like they're the type of team that you like seeing signs and then catching as a seven and a half point dog not a home favorite role here in my opinion so don't want any really part of Detroit coming off a win on back-to-back road games when it was kind of a fraudulent win last week against maybe the worst team in the league but don't really want Buffalo laying points here either so I agree Um, 
you would think once upon a time, a total in the 30s with Stafford and a Jim Bob Cooter offense, you think would be a slam dunk over. But boy, is uh, have the Lions struggled on offense. So you know, whatever last week, you know, put a 17, 16. The last few times they've scored, 17, 16, 16, 20, 22, 9, 14. I mean, their offense has been just pretty inept here for a while. So, uh, you know, maybe the total is right on. Uh, just no real opinion here in this one for the most part. Next game, we got an NFC North rematch. Green Bay had new uh, Chicago here. Looks like Chicago is a five and a half to six point home favorite, the total of 45. Uh, yeah, let's see. My power in here, Chicago minus six. Westgate opened Chicago five and a half. Look headline. Chicago 6, Westgate total opened here, 45 and a half. Yeah, no, another one, not a whole lot of opinion. I just don't uh, mention it. Or I don't, actually, I don't know if you mentioned it or not. I, I didn't mention it yet, but yeah, that, that Sunday night game last week, uh, Chicago at home against the Rams. That was a pretty good spot there for the Rams. I took a two and a half late. I guess some money came in on Chicago, kind of as I expected. So I, I grabbed a two and a half, I think slightly extra juice, maybe 112 or something like that, but Almost a 110, uh, two and a half. I thought that was a really good bet. I just thought that the Rams are going to be able to go in there and control that game and, and win. But I think that weather played a big factor, and that home field for Chicago proved to be a little, uh, you know, pretty big test there for the Rams. That offensive performance was just horrific. And I mean, all that being said, I mean, they played just an, an awful game, horrific game, and Chicago still didn't blow the doors off the team. So I mean, I think that's not like, again, like we said with Dallas, I just think that's a little bit of a red flag. I mean, yeah, they're, they're good defenses. So I know defense, uh, you know, quote unquote wins championships, but. At the same time, I just feel like when you have quarterbacks that aren't capable of, of putting up points or, or, or playing you know, a real good game, I just don't really feel like Trubisky's going to be able to do that. So we'll see against an easier defense like Green Bay. But I, I don't know, another one where I think Rodgers will be able to put up points against this, this Chicago defense. I think they're uh, definitely good, but I don't think they're as good as everyone makes them out to be. So I feel like this is a you know, Green Bay or pass for me. But at the same time, it's a, to the spot too, I just you saw it with uh, – uh, what was it with Green Bay last week when they fired their their head coach? And they kind of got a burst of speed and a burst of offensive, you know, just the whole team and just dominating performance last uh, last week at home against Atlanta. So I feel like there might be a little bit of a you know bounce back to the the norm here with the Green Bay team after a spark a one a one week temporary spark. So that's the one thing I'm a little nervous of. But I just I, just, I really don't want to lay this many points here with Chicago. I just don't feel like I think like, I feel like you're definitely paying high on Chicago here. They're now they're getting. Getting ranked as a pretty high team of uh, paying paying a pretty big price here, pretty big taxes to back Chicago. Yeah, I think Chicago's to me is a fairly well known commodity here. They're good, above average, but they're being priced as not quite an elite team, but pretty close. And I just think they're overvalued. The hard part for me in this game is I don't know what to make of Green Bay uh, after they fired Carthy and then they bring Philbin in or you know have him as the intern there. Uh, you know, last week they ended up winning fairly comfortably and pretty much blew out Atlanta. And it's hard to tell, is that just Atlanta that's been flat here for a month and it's just kind of rolled over time after time and Green Bay was just the next one in line to take advantage of it? Or was it Green Bay actually playing with a little bit of fight and spark and kind of had some things go right for them? It's kind of hard to tell. And I, I mean, we watched most of like all pretty much all of that Atlanta Green Bay game and I still don't really know the answer so I uh, I feel like I want to bet Green Bay here but they've just been so bad for so many of the games this year that 
I feel like you're taking a little bit of a leap of faith, and I think that might be just trying to be a little too stubborn betting against Chicago when it might not be the right spot for it. So I don't know. I I want to take Green Bay, but I don't know if I'm going to quite get there or not. I think the other thing you got to consider too in this game is the home road split for Green Bay and then Chicago home field. I think those home field here I think plays a pretty significant uh, piece to the puzzle here in this game, more even more so than normal. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, next game is Tennessee heading to the Giants. Looks like the Giants are two and a half with some extra juice favorites at home with a total of 43 and a half. Yeah, my power rating here is a pick em. Westgate open, Giants minus three. Look headline, Giants minus one and a half. The total here open 42 and a half. Uh, I'm surprised by this line, I'm not going to lie. I'm uh, kind of caught off guard. I, I, I feel like it's, uh, it's, it's, it's pretty far off my, myself. I like Tennessee here quite a bit. I'm not surprised. I'm not sure where this Giants uh, money came from, and like, didn't make it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Um, like I said, look at line one and a half, so I think that's probably the closer to the right number. So what what do you see? I think it's just an overreaction after the Giants blew out the Washington. But it's like, are you really going to give a, a big up or a big boost for the Giants after the performance against Washington with the the most banged up team in the league and a third string, you know, quote unquote quarterback? I don't even know if he's a third string quarterback. I mean. I don't know. To me, I'm not going to upgrade Giant the Giants at all after that game. I'm not going to downgrade them, but it just and then I mean, even that they they gave up points late there too, and uh, it wasn't a game by any means. But there's a lot of mistakes that the offense made for Washington. I, I was on that under, and uh, yeah, boy, just the, all the mistakes that that Washington offense was making, and specifically the quarterback just making throwing interceptions and stupid plays, and it's just yeah, I think the Giants were gifted a lot of points, and I think it's pretty fluky. Uh, final score so I think Tennessee they're more a little more conservative they're going to run the ball uh, and then Mariota I think you know, like I said all along I, I'm kind of you know lukewarm on him I think he can be okay but he's okay you know can be bad too so I think he's about a middle of the line quarterback so I think he got a quarterback advantage here uh, slightly and then I think the team and the the, the talent on Tennessee is better and uh, they have a lot more to play for as well so I think motivation wise is Tennessee and then and likewise, you get the extra rest after a Thursday night game. And, yeah, they're both coming out blowout wins here, both these teams. But I, I think Tennessee, a good spot, and uh, personnel. So I think everything points to Tennessee here. And then you uh, add the field goal. If you can get a, even two and a half, three, I don't, I don't even think the number is going to matter. I mean, I'm going to get the best number I can. But I feel like uh, two and a half uh, with a reduced juice or three with extra juice, I think either one's a good bet. So, yeah, give me Tennessee and the points. What do you mean? The Giants have won four of the last five. Oh yeah, I don't know how you can bet against mind. that. I guess I'll back back backtrack everything I just said. <laughs> I mean, they beat yeah, they beat the Sanchez and Washington's third string quarterback last week. They beat Chase Daniel week before. They ended up losing to that ratty Eagles team that's shown to be no good. Then they beat the Bucks at home and they beat the Niners at the Niners. So I mean, I don't know how you can go against a team that's red hot like this. It's pretty that. impressive. Pretty good resume. Yeah, <laughs> and they lost to the Redskins week before that, but. Um. Yeah, I don't, I totally agree. I think for whatever reason the market's just kind of uh, I got a heart on here for the Giants, and and they have here for a while. And I think that kind of goes just with like I think I've said this multiple times in the podcast. But you know, even though Beckham wasn't in last year, you got Odell and Barkley and all this like fantasy sexiness that people just are quick to jump back in as soon as they show any signs of being competent, and they just want to back them because it's fun to back. And you got such you know, good offensive skill players to root for. But I think all the value here lies with Tennessee. I haven't been a huge Tennessee fan most of the year because I don't really like their kind of plotting style. I don't think they have a ton of playmakers on offense. But I think basically all the 
uh, like the underappreciated or overlooked components of a football team, I think Tennessee has significant edges, whereas the Giants basically only edges their high-profile skill players. So you look at Tennessee, and I agree they have a pretty big – I'm not a big Mariota fan by any means, but I don't think he's a disaster either, and I think Eli's pretty horrendous. Even in the game last week where they blew out the Redskins, Eli didn't really do much. It wasn't because of him, that's for sure. Yeah, so, how funny you made the point or one of us did about when he made the, the throw and we're playing against that god awful Washington banged up team and he does a little shoulder shrug like he's a, you know, like the shit, like he's a, you know, one of the best quarterbacks in the league and it's like, my God. Yeah, yeah, the defense gave him like the third turnover in a row and he ended up after like four terrible passes out of six, he uh, slung one in there and kind of did a little shoulder shrug like, yeah, oh, you see how great I am? And it's like, okay, bud. Um, so yeah, I've, like you said, the spot, I think, favors Tennessee a little bit, even though they're off a big blow-off win. They have a few extra days to rest. They needed the game a ton for the playoffs. They're Right now, they're at 7-6, and six, but they're but due to tiebreakers and whatnot, they're actually ninth in the in the AFC. So they know they needed to win here down the stretch to get in, whereas the Giants, their motivation is questionable. So at uh, at worst, the, you're getting there's no edge there, but that I think there's a pretty good chance you actually are getting a motivation edge with Tennessee. So I think all the factors here point towards Tennessee quite a bit, and I'm yeah kind of surprised that they're catching points here uh, on the road at the Giants. So I, I'll be on that side with you. Next game is Washington at Jacksonville. Looks like Jacksonville's a seven-point favorite here at home with a total of 36. Yep, yeah, uh, I'll just pile right on. But, yeah, power rating, Jacksonville uh, minus seven. Westgate open, Jacksonville seven, even money. Look headline here, Jacksonville six and a half. Total open, 36 and a half. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It's I mean, I, was, I really want to bet uh, – sorry, not Buffalo. I really want to bet Washington. It's just, uh, first of all, we don't know who's quarterback either of these two teams, at least I don't on my screen. And I think Josh Johnson's pretty likely to be the starter for Washington, and I think Kessler for Jacksonville. Yeah, that's, what I heard. that's what I would expect, but I don't know. Yeah, so that's, uh, that's all I can go off of, but it's, I don't think it necessarily matters who it is for, for the most part, but I don't, I don't, I don't know how you can say that, uh, there's one quarter, big quarterback edge over the other, so I don't know. I don't. I, yeah, I mean, yeah, Jacksonville's got a good defense and all that stuff, but it's like, boy, I just was super surprised seeing seven points here. I just don't. I don't. I think it's just way too much for Jacksonville to be laying. Uh, but so, do I? Do I take Washington? I mean, yeah, I, sh- I should. I feel like there's a lot of value on Washington, but it just they're just in, they're just so banged up and just a hard such a hard team to back right now. So I guess that's probably where the numbers coming in. Because if I can't get on board, I'm sure it's going to be tough for the betting public to be able to get on board. So that's where the bookmakers come up with the seven. But like I said, just way too high for me and. Uh, yeah, I, I was kind of, I'm kind of waiting around. I think I'll be on Washington just as a value play, if nothing, a smaller bet just to kind of, so I don't kick myself for not having it because Jacksonville, like I said, has no business laying seven. Uh, but yeah, we'll kind of see where this number settles down at, but I'll try to take seven or if I can get a seven and a half, I'll, I'll be on it for a little bit more, but yeah, Jacksonville or Washington pass for me, but yeah, that's like I said, Jacksonville, no business laying this many points even at home. So I made the case last week with Washington at home against the Giants catching over a field goal. That is it really that big of a downgrade from Colt McCoy, who's played pretty pretty poorly, to Mark Sanchez? You know, that's just seems like a pretty big overreaction to me. And boy, was I wrong! <laughs> I don't think the Sanchez could have looked any worse. I knew he wasn't going to be great, but he just looked completely lost. So I think I'm going to make the same case this week 
only I'm going to say instead of Colt McCoy down to Sanchez, Colt McCoy to Josh Johnson, who granted it was complete garbage time and they're down 40 and going up against really soft defenses. But at least he looked a little bit interesting. Like he would scramble around. He made a few plays. Uh, we At one point we were joking after they scored, was it 16, I think? We're like, is there any chance they could possibly come back and <laughs> and make the you know, cover or you know get close to covering in this game? Because there's still a decent amount of time left. And, uh, you know, like I said, granted, it's against uh, a pre-event soft defense, so maybe that's a little bit misleading. But I just think Jacksonville, I mean, who knows? Like, they, they totally laid an egg last week. They laid an egg a few weeks ago. And they're just a team that I don't trust whatsoever. Um, if you get the, the team that played the Colts 6 nothing, yeah, then maybe this number's about right. But I think more likely than not, you're going to get a worse team than that. And uh, Washington, I don't like them at all by any means but i just think these are two fairly similar teams and the fact you're catching seven here and, and if anything washington still has something to play for because they're not totally dead for the playoffs or, or the division even though you know i'm sure in the locker room they kind of already seen the writing on the wall and they know they don't really have a chance but if there is any like here's another case if there is a motivational edge if anything it would be towards washington because jacksonville is completely dead uh, whereas Washington still has some a glimmer of hope at least, so it's not one of those I you know fall in love with and you're betting a mortgage or anything on. But I, I think Washington's probably worthy of a small bet. Next game is Arizona at Atlanta. Atlanta laying eight and a half, nine at home with a total of forty four. Yeah, my power rating Atlanta minus eight. Westgate open Atlanta minus eight. Look headline Atlanta seven and a half, and the total here open forty four. I'll make this one simple. I just uh, Atlanta's better team. Uh, that's obviously the points where they're going to show that they're at home, which will be obviously very beneficial to them after getting beat up there at uh, in Green Bay and Lambeau. So coming home, but again, uh, the motivation for Atlanta, I mean, it's got to be pretty devastating after the Super Bowl appearance and then last year, uh, you know, making the playoffs. It's just like, yeah, I think this is a, a year where it's a downer. Things didn't really go right, and they still kind of have the same type of players or at least the same playmakers and weren't able to do it. So I certainly trust this team laying this many points, but I just really don't want part of Arizona either. So, yeah, easy pass for me. I will probably pass it, but at least Arizona's been more often than not somewhat frisky. They haven't been like complete rollovers. I think they're going to beat by 30 every single week, whereas Atlanta, to me, it looks like they just totally quit. I, I know there's some money coming out on last week against the Packers, and I I, I got it. I I mean I understood where the money was coming from. I think the the Falcons and the Packers are fairly equal teams, uh, just in in a vacuum. But I mean they they've lost five straight now. They're a team that had somewhat high aspirations coming into the season, you know, just off the Super Bowl a couple of years ago, and still having most of the players of that roster. And now they're just totally out of it. Nothing to play for. Lost five in a row. Um, you know, I don't know. I I think I like Arizona. I I won't bet it for a ton of money, but I I think that's definitely the way I'd look in this game. It's just a matter of if I really want to get into bed with Arizona or not, which <laughs> I don't really. But you know, that being said, I just I think laying this kind of number with a team that's basically been a dead team here for a month plus just doesn't seem like a great idea to me. All right, looks like we only got two afternoon games this week. That's pretty weak. Uh, looks like the first one is Seattle at San Francisco, and not even a particularly great game. 
Looks like Seattle's laying four and a half on the road with a total of 43 and a half, 44. Yeah, it looks like we'll get the one uh, exclusive game that we'll talk about next year for that afternoon slate. But uh, yeah, Seattle, San Francisco, my power rating, Seattle minus four. Westgate open, Seattle minus six. Look headline, Seattle minus seven. The total here open 44 and a half. Um, I think this game, I have to check here. I, I believe I have a bet uh, on San Francisco already. Um, yeah, I do. I got a little San Francisco plus six in my pocket. So, um, I, I mean, yeah, that's the way I look. But, you know, now it's down to four, four and a half. Uh, like, like I said previously, I mean, the value's kind of bought up. I mean, we talked about four being a not a key number, but, you know, kind of a second tier key number or third tier. And then you got six, which is definitely a second tier key number. So, um, yeah, uh, wasn't widely available at six, but just again, it's just you're, you're kind of buying and, I just don't know if I have enough faith in the San Francisco team either. Uh, they look better and they've been improving. Mullins has looked a little bit better the last few weeks, being able to put up yards, specifically uh, last week. But I just don't really buy this. The Seattle team, I just think uh, it's a pretty big, pretty big negative. I know we talked about it a few other teams so far in the pod, but the way that Seattle was playing, the, the passing yards, they just had no passing game against the Vikings. And I don't know what the total was. Uh, Russell Wilson, what, 60, 70 yards of passing, something like that, and still able to get the job done. Yeah, but. I'd be pretty concerned if I were them, uh, the game planning and, and everything else. I feel like, uh, I think, I don't know who someone said that I was listening to, but the fact that they were able to be so successful on the run against Minnesota, like over 200 yards of rushing, but yet they didn't try any, not only did they not complete or whatever, but they didn't even hardly try any explosive plays downfield, and especially with a banged-up Viking secondary. Well, Lombardi made the point is there was nothing intermediate. They took like four or five shots deep on just straight fly routes, and then they everything else was just running. There was nothing in between. Yeah, so the, yeah, I agree with that. So it's like, yeah, there just wasn't, you'd think, I mean, the reason you have a running game to, to rush that, and especially if you're successful, so you can open up the passing game, and the only thing you say you won't want to do that for is if you want to be conservative or you don't have a good quarterback or something like that. But, I mean, when you have one of the best quarterbacks in the league, or certainly a top tier, uh, yeah, you think you'd be able to open it up. So I don't, I don't really understand that much at all. And like I said, with the Vikings team too, our, our strong spot, the Vikings' strong spot is the run defense, and the, the weak spot's always been uh, for the last several years, the, the secondary and – uh, the cornerback safeties, you know, safety obviously Harry Smith been good, but just the, the you know the deep balls and, and 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 covering and stuff like that. That's been the biggest uh, you know Achilles heel, if you would, for Mike Zimmer's defense in, in Minnesota. So the fact that they didn't really exploit that a little bit more, I don't really know why that's that's just coaching or strategic, or if there's some other something other you know underlying fact that we're not aware of of why that I don't know. So it's a little mystifying to me. So with all that being said, I just I'm not really too high on the Seattle team. So, yeah, a little bit of money on San Francisco. I think I'd still lean San Francisco, but uh, I definitely not don't like as much as I at, at six is where it's at now. I have no real opinion on this game. I think uh, San Francisco, kind of like I mentioned with the Jets and uh, Oakland earlier, they had a pretty big win against Denver at home last week, and who knows how they're going to bounce back after that when they have nothing to play for. They're in the mix for the number one overall pick. And, uh, you know, Seattle, well, then again, they're coming off a big win. And now it looks like they're pretty likely to have that five spot locked down. So unless disaster strikes. So, I mean, you'd think the motivation edge is Seattle, but, you know, I don't know. It's not a great, great spot for them. And, yeah, they're just a fairly conservative, grinded out team that I don't necessarily trust the late points on the road with. But I also, you know, San Francisco went up two weeks ago wasn't that long ago and just got absolutely destroyed at seattle and uh i don't think mullins has had that last week he looked pretty good but other than that he's had a string of 
pretty horrendous games. They got blown out at Seattle, blown out at the Bucks, lost at home to the Giants. So he's, I guess, two and three now as a starter in terms of good games versus bad games. So maybe he's starting to figure something out, but I don't know. I don't think you're quite quite getting enough points here. I mean, last week they they opened what against Denver? Wasn't it like five and a half or something at home? Yeah. Like it seems it was yeah. pretty much the same. And I think Seattle's. I think quite a bit better team than Denver. So I know it closed three. So you're right now you're paying an extra point, point and a half more to close. But uh, the fact that you could have made the same bet against Denver or against Seattle, I know you got to upgrade them a little bit from last week, but I think you got to upgrade Seattle a little bit too. So I don't know. I don't, uh, don't really like either side of this one myself. Yeah. The, uh, the premier afternoon game here, we got new England heading to Pittsburgh. New England laying two here on the road with a total of 52, 52 and a half. Uh, yeah, my power rating here is a pick em. Westgate open, New England minus one. Look headline, Pittsburgh minus one and a half, and the total here open 52. Another one I'm a little surprised by um, with this line, that uh, New England came in as a favorite, and not only the favorite, they're taking money. So um, I know it's a spot. I know it's probably just the Bill, you know, the Belichick-Brady combo off a loss. It's probably what most people are going to be betting here. And uh, like like you said, said that too. I haven't seen the two and a half in the shop, so it's like I won't be surprised at all. Even Pinnacle actually is at two and a half, one hundred five. So that's a pretty big indicator that this ga- this game is going to go to three. And uh, history, the New England's yeah. own Pittsburgh. Yeah, exactly. That's the other thing I was going to touch on. So yeah, the Pittsburgh just not able to not able to put up anything against New England. I know that was that last year. I think where they had that really looked like they were going to win it, then they had the heartbreaker at the end. I, I don't know if that was yeah. The last- the- where Jesse James fumbled at like the goal line and it was blatantly a touchdown, but they called it a fumble or whatever that scenario was. Everyone on Twitter was freaking out. Yeah. So anyway, but the thing I think uh, people have been saying now for many years about this new England team, but I feel like I haven't really said that uh, much, but I think this is kind of the year where they're a lot different. I don't think the talents there, I mean, you could see it in that Miami game, that last play about (laughs) that whole Gronk thing. And it just looked like, you know, you're playing against uh, you know the, the young the new kid on the block almost type of thing not that Miami's uh super talented but it just looks like New England was just old and and slow uh and able to do that play I mean you pretty much have to be in order to succeed on a play like that but uh I feel like New England just uh they just don't really see, or even though the mistake that Brady made like that that's just so uncharacteristic and other things that happened it's just uh yeah, at the end of the half when he yeah the sack and they didn't get any points yeah right so it's uh I got a little jingle coming in but um I don't, yeah, like like I said, I don't know. I feel like this New England team is a little bit different, and I think they're getting all these stats and everything else are are based off of their their the long term history. And yeah, you got to look at that. But I feel like at some point that's going to come to an end. And I'm not saying it's now, but I feel like this is definitely a different team than what we've seen in the past from a New England type of uh, Belichick team. So with that being said, I think Pittsburgh too. I, I, one thing I don't know if you've heard anything on Roethlisberger. I haven't done any research if that if he's still going to be banged up at all. Cause that's obviously a huge. Uh, yeah, his ribs are still injured, but he's going to play. His by all accounts. So I know in the past with him, I I remember a handful of times where he's looked just fine. So I don't think it's going to be a big issue. But I don't want to say that too definitively because I got him starting in two fantasy leagues in the playoffs so i don't want him to be out after the first series and screw me over there but it looks like he probably should play and most likely be fine yeah so that's the thing with that it's like you don't put much stock into it but at the same time it's hard to back a pittsburgh team when any time if uh he could he could go out or something if he takes one you know mediocre hit or something or if he's just not right i mean if you get if you have to get the backup and you saw last week a little dose of it of how awful that offense was Dobbsy. yeah so it's just uh 
I, I, I like Pittsburgh here. Like I said, I, I think there's no no hurry to the window here. I feel like you're going to probably you know, probably be able to get a three here. I'll probably take some at, at post just because uh, of the value. But uh, there's a few few red flags. But I think the, the, the reason for this money coming in on New England, I feel like, isn't really necessarily the, the right reasons, uh, quote-unquote. So, I, like I said, I'll, I like the Pittsburgh side uh, here. Yeah, if it's a three, sign me up heavy on Pittsburgh. I think that'd be mildly insane. Um, I mean, what do we say about Pittsburgh? It's they play up or down in their competition. They blow games that they shouldn't, and they they could beat anybody on any given night. And I just don't think New England's uh, they're either nine and four, but I just don't think they've looked that impressive essentially all year long. And it seems like somehow New England seems to have a fairly easy schedule just about every year. And I guess it's a lot to do with just being in the AFC East. They got to play six layupy type teams every every year, just about. But I don't know. I just don't. I don't think New England's just. I just don't think the same team. And Pittsburgh, yeah, they blew that game last week against Oakland, and they blew the game on Sunday night before against the Chargers. But it, I mean, as you well know, they were up double digits against the Chargers fairly late into that ball game, and and looked pretty impressive. But then that last quarter, and then the four quarters against Oakland, with you know, one Roethlisberger wasn't even in one of them. Yeah, they looked pretty unimpressive. But if any team's going to be able to bounce back strong. Uh, it's Pitts Pittsburgh, and I think this is a game they'll absolutely get up for. And kind of part of the reason I bet against them last week was I thought they might be looking ahead a little bit to this week, and I could absolutely see that being the case. So Pittsburgh at home here getting points is kind of surprising. I didn't think it was going to be a full three, but I, I figured it was going to be closer to a pick or maybe Pittsburgh like a one one and a half point favorite. So I'm kind of surprised that you're uh, you're catching points here with Pittsburgh, and if it does get up to a full three, I'll like them quite a bit. Uh, like you said, it is a little bit worrisome with Roethlisberger because I feel like if he takes one hit and goes out, your ticket's not dead, but it's it's looking pretty rough. Um, another thing to consider, I think, is the Pats. I think they're a fairly big home road dichotomy team. They you know last week lose to the Dolphins as a heavy favorite, and then they did destroy the Vikings at home. Not destroy, but they won you know, fairly easily. And uh, they beat the Jets at the Jets, but that was kind of a misleading game too. I know you were pulling your hair out that the Jets didn't score there to cover late and uh, they send that game over the total. They get, destroy- <laughs> they get destroyed at Tennessee. They beat um, the Packers fairly comfortably at home. They, they won at the Bills. So I guess the AFC East portion of this kind of uh, throws my – you know, out of the my theory out of the water a little bit, but they just kind of had a feel to me like they're tough to beat in December at home, but they're uh, pretty beatable here on the road. So, I I think I would have liked it slightly better if they would have won that game last week because off that ridiculous loss, I think they'll probably come back with a pretty strong effort. But I think they probably are looking ahead to this game anyway. So I think both these teams will be pretty motivated. Uh, I just feel like you're getting a little bit of value here on Pittsburgh. Uh, next, the Sunday night game we got Philly. Looks like without Carson Wentz now, heading to the Rams. Rams uh, lay in 11 at home with a total of 53.5. Yeah, my power rating here, uh, which which was with uh, with Wentz, was Rams minus 9.5. Westgate open, Rams minus 8. And that was before the, the Wentz news. And then the look at line, Rams minus 7.5. And, and the total here opened 54. Um, yeah, a little bit down. We're moving on that total. And then upward on the spread, as you'd expect. Um, I, I don't know. Uh, is is Nikki F going to get the start again? I don't know. I'm sure. I, I, I'm yeah. just that's yep. what the deal is. I don't know who else would play. Um, so you know, the adjustment. I think we said it at the start of the year. I think the adjustment was probably 
I don't know, three, four points, somewhere in there. So, I don't know. It seems like, uh, I don't know, not quite as big of an adjustment as I'd expect. But uh, at the same time, I think that it was kind of overinflated to begin with. So, kind of makes sense to me. Um, but it's just really tough for me. I don't know how you could lay this many points with this Rams team right now. Just as they haven't looked that good and looked a lot of sorts. And that home field, I don't give them as strong as a home field as uh, most teams, even, if, even when they are being... Uh, a highly power-rated team with a good record. I feel like that home field in L.A., just those L.A. teams just don't have that good home field. So just a lot to ask for, I think, from the Rams. But the, the one thing I don't like is they're going to be hungry, you know, after looking embarrassed. And, um, yeah, just the whole offense last week and prime time just looking embarrassed against the Chicago team. So I think they're going to be motivated. They're going to be hungry. And I, I feel like there's some value on Philly to a point, but I, I won't be surprised at all if it's just an absolute blowout. So, I, I feel like I should probably bet a little bit on Philly, but it's just they're so banged up, and now you lose Wentz, and it looks like they're, uh don't want to be a Teddy KGB, it looks like their hopes and dreams go, uh, boop, <laughs> down the drain a little bit, I think. But, uh, you know, maybe, uh, who knows, maybe Foles has to make a little late-stretch late, late stretch run. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. I think this will be an interesting game uh, to see if, like I said, if it's more of the blowout type or if it's a competitive back-and-forth game. I'd I would I would lean I tend to think it's be more type of the blowout, but uh, like I said, just that many points it just feels like a, a value play on on Philly if anything. But uh, definitely can't lay this many points with the Rams. Yeah, I think uh, Philly's the the Vikes' biggest competition for the sixth seed, so I think they still feel like they're live. It will be interesting though with Foles. You know, normally I would say yeah, they're pretty much shot. I don't like that whatsoever, but yeah, <laughs> just look back to last year and. It was longer, a uh, longer stretch, but he did it last year, so maybe there'll be a little bit of uh, whatever reminiscing and feeling good about that, and it'll bring back some of those uh, those nostalgic feelings about how they all got to win the Super Bowl last year with them, and they'll get rolling again here. But I kind of doubt it. I think this is a great spot for the Rams coming off that embarrassing Sunday night loss, where the offense got nothing going against the Bears. Now they're returning back home, uh, a spot where. We talked about with the the Philly Dallas game last week how Prescott couldn't hardly take advantage of this super banged up bad Eagles secondary. Well, if any team could, uh, I think the Rams are right there towards the top of the list. So I feel like they're going to put up points in bunches and um, you know Foles. I could say I think, like I've said multiple times here throughout the year, I think this Rams defense is susceptible to giving up points. I don't think they're as stout as people expected them to be coming into the season. It's just a question of whether Foles is going to be capable of, of doing that or not. So, uh, I don't know. I think that's kind of the I, I would really like to find a way to bet the Rams here, but I just don't. I just don't trust them enough to lay eleven, even teasing them. You know, down to to five. I don't hate it, but I I'm just not really a fan of teasing when you can't even get below a field goal. So, I, I would like to find a way to to bet the Rams here, but it might just be. In, too high a number where I might just have to uh, sit on the sideline for this one. Monday night, we have uh, NFC South battle. Got New Orleans heading to Carolina. First matchup here of two within the next three weeks. I know they play week 17 as well, so uh, they'll be familiar with each other here for the showdown in a couple weeks. Carolina needs us to uh, stay alive here in the playoff chase, but it looks like New Orleans is a six-point favorite on the road with a total of 52. Yeah, my power in here, New Orleans minus four and a half. Westgate open, New Orleans seven. Westgate, look ahead line, the Saints minus six and a half, and the total here open 52. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, I've done, I don't know how many weeks I've done here on Carolina. It's a little bit snake, snake bit, but that's the only way I'd look here. I feel like that 
I just this, this Saints team looks a little bit out of sorts, uh, a little bit not quite as dominant as they were at the mid mid part of the season. Uh, but at the same time, this Carolina team has got their own issues. Uh, and I, I think Ron Rivera, I said this last week, he's got to be on the line now. I mean, I said it, I thought he was his job was on the line last week, and I wouldn't have been surprised if he got fired. And I think this week is another thing. Uh, they're not expected to win, obviously, a pretty big point spread at home. So if they don't win this game, it seems like, you know, you might see some heads turning, but we'll see. And then uh, I don't think Cam's really, he doesn't seem right either. He seems he's a little banged up and not be able to throw deep and, I don't know, just a lot, lot of problems here with this Carolina team. And like I said, I thought I'd be able to get it right last week, and I like the spot last week a lot more than I do this week. Um, I, I feel like there's still some value on Carolina, but it's just uh, I, I don't I don't know if I can get back to the well here. I just uh, two weeks now they burned me when I feel like they're a pretty good spot. So with that being said, it's probably a good time to hop on then if I'm not going to jump on it. Uh, so, but yeah, I think Carolina might be the way to look. And I don't know, I've kind of been debating about this one. But I, I do like the over. I think a little bit. Uh, at 51 and a half uh, I see some 51 and a halfs available at least and I feel like this is a team uh, like I said New Orleans looked a little bit out of sorts on offense I think they'll be able to get, get it back together against this uh, not not the best Carolina defense and then Carolina I, I think they can put up some points and and do a little bit of damage on the New Orleans offense uh, primetime game so uh, that's one thing and then the divisional game so a few few negatives there and then uh, yeah we'll see but I think uh, I lean Carolina for sure and then uh uh, definitely a little bit of, look, look a little bit at the over as well, and then the weather something to keep 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 note of, and the weather looks uh, pretty clear for the most part. Uh, low winds and uh, you know temperatures a little bit higher, so yeah, I think uh, that which are good for the over. So um, yeah, like I said, I'll uh, lean to the over in Carolina here, but probably won't get to the window on Carolina. Yeah, I pretty much agree. Care that was the first time I had backed Carolina in a while last week, and they had every opportunity to, to take that game, and I don't know. Something just looks off with Cam. I don't know if he's hurt or just not feeling it this season or what, but there's there's something going on there where it's definitely definitely troubling. And uh, I agree that it feels a little bit high, like there's a little bit of value on Carolina, but I don't know, just losing five in a row like they have and just not looking just looking out of sorts for a while now. Um, then New Orleans, you know, basically sleepwalking through that game and playing about as bad as you can and then having a couple block punts and ended up winning by 14. Um, maybe they're just, you know, it, it, that's like a, a a game script or, or whatever, a way if that game plays out like that, that's a team I want to bet against. But I just can't pull the trigger. I don't think you have Carolina. I, I just don't want to burn any more money. I, like I've, I've obviously got burned a, bit, a lot betting against the Saints. And I reluctantly backed Carolina a little bit last week. And I just can't. Well, I don't really feel great about both sides. <laughs> I just can't pull a trigger on that uh, kind of wager here. So likely be uh, sitting on the sideline on this one. And that'll do it for week 15. Um, so all right, let's finish up the pod here and do our picks of the week. The AS pick of the week. All right, so it's starting to even out here a little bit. We've both been horrible, but uh, you're you had uh, Miami last week and with the points so you didn't even need that miracle finish and now that moves you to three eight and one on the year and i had the chiefs laying six and a half that was live then dead then maybe a little bit live and then ended up not getting there so that moves me to five and seven on the year so neither good but uh 
you're on a little bit uh, hotter here later in the season, so why don't you keep her going and step on up to the tee box here, Copper? Yeah, yeah we might, uh, like you said, might have to have a battle for who can do worse here. That's just, yeah, pretty pretty horrific altogether. Um, I don't know. Uh, hopefully it turns around here. I expect it to, but yeah, it's pretty frustrating to go in and go out. But So yeah, well, let's see. Pick of the week here for me. I'm going to be a little more creative. Um, nothing's really worked this year, <laughs> to be honest, uh, for my picks of the week, so... I'll go back to what I did a, you know, several weeks ago and talk about both these games. Uh, what I'm going to do is play the Minnesota team uh, with a tease. I'm going to tease Minnesota down from seven down to six, or sorry, six-point teaser from seven down to one. And then um, the other one I talked about, which I didn't really understand, uh, not not the perfect line for a teaser by any means, but I think you're still getting a lot. There's two and a half out there or three, kind of a split line, but I'll just take the two and a half. Um, yeah, two and a half is a little bit extra extra juice on the Giants, but yeah, I'll take Tennessee. Uh, added the six there, I'll take Tennessee plus eight and a half. Uh, uh, t- uh, sorry, tease that with Minnesota minus one. All right, well, that uh, is interesting. I was potentially going to tease Houston with the Vikes. Well, should we have a little uh, little holiday Minnesota teaser for the AS <laughs> pick of the weeks? We might as well. I guess it's not totally the same game, so I think I think I'll do that because I just I don't see. I mean, last time I said this, they both lost outright. Uh, when I had the I don't remember who I had. I had the Jets and somebody else. Well, I don't know what was that a few weeks ago when the Jets lost to the Bills the first time. I said I don't know how either one of these teams loses, and they both did. <laughs> but this time I I actually mean it. I just yeah. it's hard for me to see Houston losing to the Jets or or Minnesota losing to Miami here. So. I, uh, well, we know which one's going to go wrong, which one's going to go off the track. Well, the Vikes, since we both have them in it. Well, yeah, you got the rooting interest, and we're both on back. I mean, it's basically the death sentence already. Yeah, but uh, I feel feel pretty confident, so we'll, we'll see how it goes. But I got Houston uh, down to pick, and then the Vikes down to minus one. So that'll be our uh, the key of own sports teaser this week. And uh, there's actually quite a few games. That I don't think they're like great from a viewership standpoint for the most part. But there's actually, I think, a decent amount of games I'm somewhat interested in this week, which is kind of strange for being this late in the season. So uh, it'll be it'll be a fun fun Sunday, hopefully Saturday night Sunday. And uh, anyway, enjoy your trip to Vegas this week. You got any concluding thoughts? Yeah, no, I will. It'll be good. I need to get out there. I got a lot of work to do and other stuff. Hopefully, a little bit of fun too. But um, yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see a few of these games. I'm really interested for the weekend. See how it shapes out, and like you said, yeah, pretty pretty good card, I think, for betting perspective, uh, especially as opposed to some of these weeks we've had so far this season. But pretty good week last week from a viewership, uh, at least the ending of the games for NFL. So hopefully, we get another another good week, an exciting week from not only a betting perspective but a watching perspective. Yeah, absolutely. And with all the playoff scenarios kind of taking shape, that's there's only a handful of teams that are really involved in those, but uh, those are still pretty intriguing. So. It's always fun to see as certain games end, how that uh, changes what different, uh, what uh, you know, clinching scenarios and whatnot. Other games, so we're finally getting to that point here where it's starting to get real interesting. So real interesting. Yeah, that'll do it for this week's pod. Uh, best of luck to everybody this weekend, and we'll be back next week. Thank you for listening to the Arone Sports Podcast. Check out aronesports.com for all of your sports betting needs, including automatic bet tracking, mobile notifications, free picks, and more.